It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. We made this. Hello, everyone. This is Tony, Network Chief of We Made This. As you know, our podcast network brings together a brilliant assortment of talent who talk about all kinds of pop culture content, such as the episode you've just listened to, or maybe you're just about to listen to. We're not going anywhere, but we'd love to keep the lights on for even longer if you're able to support our network on Patreon. For just £2 a month, you get your name in lights and the satisfaction of knowing you're helping us produce more great audio. And for £3 a month, you'll get your name in lights, but you'll also get access to an exclusive bi-monthly podcast from the We Made This Talent Pool on podcasting, pop culture, and, well, you tell us. We'll take your suggestions. For less than the price of a coffee per month, you can help keep We Made This going. Just head to patreon.com forward slash we made this. That's P A T R E O N.com forward slash we made this and get the ball rolling. Now, back to your scheduled programming. Welcome, everyone, to Podcast 616, the Marvel Podcast Universe podcast, podcast and podcast on the podcast network. We made this. Uh, it's early in the morning. Kurt hasn't had his coffee and he can't speak. Um, but yeah, welcome to the Podcast 616 podcast. My name is Kurt North and we are continuing our coverage of One Division. And we have yesterday had a episode four which was, we interrupt this program. It was released on the 29th of January, 2021. And joining me today is uh, an extra guest, we're, we're along with my co-host, Craig. Craig, how are you doing? Hello, I'm doing good. How are you? Other than Not you can't speak. Bad. Other than I can't speak, I can't get my syllables or any kind of phonetics out. Uh, I'm doing, not doing too, too bad. Um, a lot of, lot, lot's happened over the last couple of weeks. Um, we've, uh, we've got an, a juicy one today, but we've brought an, another guest online, haven't we? We have. We have, and that would be Luke Winch. Luke, how's it going, mate? Gentlemen, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Too bad. Jumped over. You've been doing a lot of um, work for us over in um, Star Trek Picard land, haven't you, recently? So how's, how's all that been going? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I've kind of uh, rebooted the engines on the ship and uh, and uh, shook some rust off. So yeah, I've had an interview with, uh, with, with James, the author James Swallow, who's just released the new uh, Star Trek Picard tie novel, so I interviewed him. And then on Sunday, me and Tony, uh, we we reviewed the actual book itself, and that should be out, hopefully, uh, this weekend or early next week. Uh, and we've got some other episodes planned as well. I think me and you, Kurt, we're going to do a, a Blu-ray review at some point. We are indeed, yes. Um, as, among everything else that I'm doing, hence the reason for the, for the coffees and the monsters and the Red Bulls and all kinds... <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm planning, I'm, I'm off now as I'm, well, I'm working tomorrow and I'm planning on, um, I'm planning on having two weeks off, uh, from Monday so, and I've planned about 20 podcasts recordings. <laughs> so it's like, you know, no, no rest for the wicked. It's good that you can relax on your time exactly, off. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, right. Okay. So let's, let's delve into this. Let's, uh, let's look into, um, this episode. It was again directed by, uh, Max Shakeman and, uh, it was written by Jack Schaefer. There was a couple of more writing credits in this one, I believe, as well, from what I understand, I think. Um, yes, Bobak Estefajani and Megan McDonnell. 
Um, so yes, those are the, the two two writers. Um, and this one is slightly different. This one's slightly different. We've got uh, a, a bit of a a change in style here. Um, Craig, what is what's your general what's your general thought of of this episode, and what would you rate it out of ten? What's your overall view? So of this I really liked this episode, and to me, it felt a bit like an episode of Agents of Shield, which I'm all for because right. I love Agents of Shield. So I was right in there and it actually reminded me of Thor as well the first Thor film I don't like the first Thor film that much but just the way that we found something weird we're just gonna do a pop-up base to (laughs) to deal with it so I really like that and the change in style worked for me the characters they brought in which we'll talk about really worked for me so yeah I was all for it and I really like how they framed answering some of the questions but we're still keeping a bit of mystery around us as well so Big fan, and I gave it eight point five out of ten in my review. So, as of twenty four hours later, I stand by it. Okay, is it still? Where would it fall with the the other three? Or do you think it's that different? You can't really rate it against the the other three. I think it just kind of sits in in amongst it. I haven't really noticed much variation in quality over it. I mean, my favorite episode is still the second one, so it's somewhere below that. Uh, Luke. First time guest, first time guest on the podcast as well. You know, it's it's been Craig and I's voice all the way through uh, the past four recordings that we've done. So, what's your opinion on on One Division before giving us your, your rating and overview overall view of this episode? Uh, it works out quite well. What do what do you make to the first three? How have you enjoyed it? Overall, I've I've really enjoyed it. Actually, I found it a very a very intriguing premise uh, that they've kind of laid down for us. It's a very it's a very brave risk move from marvel i think to to put this at the forefront of the new tv line of the marvel universe and actually now because of how covid's happened it's actually opened up phase four pretty much which is which is which is quite a bold move but a move that they probably probably had their hand force more than anything else that the, what they wanted to do but overall i've really enjoyed it I've, I've i've loved the premise um there's been certain elements that that have kind of fallen flat for me, but they're only little elements, and and I think as as you guys have discussed, I don't want to tread ground that you've already talked about, which is the humour, which is a very subjective thing, and and the humour that they're putting forward is 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 a genre based and kind of year based um, humour of, of of times gone, which might be quite alien to to the to the kind of crowd that we get now, the contemporary crowd that, that watch TV. But it's I think it's worked overall, and I really enjoyed this this week's episode. It was a good flip. It was a good flip the switch and to kind of see from the outside. And I actually thought it was quite a meta episode as well. I think there was a lot of um, things, particularly, you know, we'll get into it uh, on the on the, on the actual deep dive. But for instance, the, the whiteboard scene, that was very <laughs> meta. So I, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, and I'd, I'd probably give this one, I'd, I'd probably be with, with, um, with Craig and 8.5, 9 out of 10. Really, really enjoyed this episode. Whether or not they have done this too early, I think we we can talk about later. You know whether or not they've revealed too much or something. But but I'll I'll yeah. I'll give my pew on that later. Right. Okay. Um, well, yeah. I mean, I, I'm less enthused. Um, it's not that I don't like the episode. I think the episode is is great. Another great instalment. Um, and to be honest, I'm, I think we're going to be talking. The differences are going to be a bit more of a case of nuance rather than anything else. I think it's. For, for me, it was a bit too. There was a bit too kind of exposition, explainy, and as as you say, Luke, we'll talk about that in a bit more detail when we get into it. Um, that I felt that I don't really want to know the answers. I actually like the idea of not knowing stuff. <laughs> so, uh, so that 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 for me is uh, it was a bit like, all oh, right, okay, um, and I thought it was too much all at once, potentially a little bit too early. But having said that, I can totally understand. You know, if we're in episode four and then you potentially, for argument's sake, they go into the 80s, the 90s and the noughties, that leaves you two episodes at the end. So I can see why. I can see why we could potentially do that. Uh, again, like you, Luca, I thought the meta aspect was really good. I, I, you know, I'm all for meta. You know, being being the fan of, uh, of meta commentary is um, something that I really enjoy. So having that was really good. Um I think it was because it's kind of stock Marvel, as you say, like Agents of Shield or, or stuff like that. It's a bit for me, a little bit, a little bit um, too familiar, and I'm I'm enjoying the aspect of having it, something completely different, completely out there. But I do feel it's nece- necessary and an essential piece. So 
And, and I, when I say it's my least favourite, which I know we mentioned in back of house, you know, in our chat groups that we were, were in, um, it's the least favourite. I'm still going to rate this an eight out of ten. You know, it's it's not by any any way stretching imagination a bad episode. I think it's a marvellous episode. I just think that for me personally, I can see me not watching this one over the other three if I was to do a rewatch and I was short of time, I'd be probably missing this one out. But um, but yeah, that, that that's. Um, that's how it how it how it all um, lands for us. So um, let's dive deeper into into the episode then and see see what we think. Monica Rambo. We find out it's Monica Rambo. You know, we've pretty much been saying this last few weeks, but um, the rematerialization scene that got me because because. And I've seen a couple of like reactors on 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 this as well. I looked on YouTube on the following on the morning, where the, the materialization starts to happen, and you, you're kind of looking at it going, "Oh, is this a dream sequence?" You know, because it's be so used to seeing the three episodes, like, "Oh, what's going on here?" kind of thing. And it took a little moment. It was like, "Oh, <laughs> you know," <laughs> um, it was like, right, "Okay, I know where we are." Um, and then obviously Monica goes through the whole rigmarole of like um you know kind of finding out the the history of the of of what's happened since the blip and and thanos and all that kind of thing so what what did you make to the to this opening as a as a as, a, as an opening to the to the episode i really liked it the thing about avengers endgame as much as that film can accomplish in its significantly long runtime it can't give you this perspective of what's it like when people come back because they concentrate on everyone's back and that's a really good thing and you get a bit of it in spider-man where a band appear in the middle of the basketball court or whatever it is and people run into them and that's funny because yeah some of the returns would be quite funny and then they touch on it where may is like I materialised in my old living room, but there was someone else living there. And that's, you know, that, those are the kind of things that would happen. So I really like the people appearing in a hospital and just chaos all around them. No one knows what's going on. Everyone needs to speak to their families. Everyone's wondering what happened because from their perspective, it was two seconds ago that they were there. Monica thought she fell asleep, but she wakes up five years later and her mother isn't there anymore. And that's, it's just chaos and her job isn't there for her anymore although it is but her like her past has been uh, revoked things like that so i really like seeing that perspective and i think maybe we'll get to see a bit of that through the other shows as well the sort of aftermath of endgame maybe in falcon and winter soldier they'll talk about it or there'll be a flashback to when they came back i don't know but it's really interesting to see that and yeah, it's a big event that happened and it's going to have impact on the world and the fact that we're exploring TV shows where there's more time to explore these sorts of things gives us that time to show that impact in a way that the films never could. Yeah, I mean, the, the, during the, um, the the original Marvel ones on Netflix, like Jessica Jones and the like, they did touch upon them, didn't they? Which is all that event in New York, but they didn't really kind of like, look at what the effects were so much. That's the only event they ever reference, though. They don't reference anything else yeah. after that. So the Netflix shows, I think, just moved into an alternate timeline at some point, in the same way that, or in a similar way to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. just ignored the snap completely because when they got to this, the point of they mentioned Thanos and then they didn't do the snap, but apparently it was because uh, Marvel Studios wouldn't tell them whether they were planning to undo it instantly or wait a few years as they ended up doing so they were just like well screw this we're just going to do our own thing then and then so they <laughs> yeah. so they just ignored it and then they did all this alternate timeline stuff and whatever and it all worked but um so the Netflix shows I think we can basically ignore them yeah oh yeah yeah I'm just because what I was coming to to was um the fact that you're right with having this um reaction of like you know, the snap is such a big event. It's like it's like a nine eleven, or it's like a pandemic, like we're in now. This will have consequences of what we're currently in at the moment um, for years to come. I was talking about mental health with a colleague last night about this as well. Um, you know, the fact that we're not we're not seeing the repercussions of some of this. You know, we'll see this down the line. You know, there's a lot, a lot of repercussions now, but there'll be lasting effects. Same with nine eleven. There's there'll be lasting effects yeah. of that. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see how Marvel Studios deal with that. And this opening actually helps in some ways helps the way of link because it links the two together that it, it kind of it feels like all oh, right we're in we're in this universe now you know it's just like the you've had the three kind of wondrous episodes of of one division like what you were saying luke actually at the top of the hour where 
you know, it's you've got these three episodes that are kind of out there. This wasn't meant to be the first one, but having this fourth episode really kind of makes you feel like it fits into the universe again. Um, what did you make to the to the opening scenes then? Yeah, that that, that kind of interconnectivity, uh, I think, is what what they originally wanted with Agents of Shield is they wanted that interconnectivity, and they kind of went with that for the first what is it two or three seasons i think um you know until they until they kind of departed to, to varying but, degrees of success it has to be said yeah yeah <laughs> absolutely Completely Compl- agree with cleaning that. up after thor the dark world is not connectivity yeah. it's just yeah i don't know what it is but it's not that <laughs> how do we connect this episode we'll clean up some shit <laughs> and that'll do <laughs> Um, but yeah, but now they've got now they've got a real chance to really have this interconnectivity between the movies and the TV shows, and that's and and, and I think going forward with with the other shows that they've got that they've got stacked up, I think I think I think we're going to have really good fun with that. And I, you know, I as a kind of geek fan love that kind of interconnectivity. Another reason why I love this episode. Um, but yeah, going. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Back to your to your point craig about the chaos and panic i really love that it felt like some kind of it felt like some kind of terrorist attack in the hospital or some kind of you know they're getting ready for about 200 patients coming in and they and you know and they and they can't they can't cope with the numbers which is weirdly prevalent at the minute um but all that kind of feeling of of, of chaos and panic with everyone kind of reverse blipping back in um i really like that as well you can imagine these conversations happening around the world where where she finds out about her mother dying, and you know, it says, "Well, I only went to sleep." You know, I've I've only been asleep for twenty minutes or so. That's in her head. That's what she's going to have to react to. Um, and when when we come out of the scenes and we go to Sword, that you know, three weeks has passed and she's the first one to come back. So that in itself explains quite a lot that people are taking the time to to get themselves back up. And these are people who have been probably in this industry. You know, uh, during all these massive events that's happened in Marvel, and they're having to take these three weeks because you know they've been pretty much gone for for the entire five years. Um, so yeah, so we find out it is three three weeks, and um, I will say about the uh, the uh, the Saki um, guy in the door, he he was a he was a right one, wasn't he? Which <laughs> so, um, was yeah. was interesting. Um, <laughs> Yeah, passes break all the time. Like, there's no reason to assume that they don't work there. It's all oh, right. Okay, we'll look at your pass. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we just need to reassign your fob or your, or your RFID or whatever. It's, it's fine. It's not a problem. Um, but anyway, but um, I mean, what do you make to Monica over the episode as a whole, Craig? Because there's really there's only this section before she obviously disappears into the into West Westview, really. But what do you make to kind of her characterization because we literally have only seen her in the show, haven't we? So um, the fact that, you know, she's, she's kind of getting all this back together and uh, do you think it, it bores well for, for the future? I really liked her. She made a really strong impression. As you say, she doesn't have a lot of screen time, but she made a really strong impression with that screen time. I think some of the early scenes are very bad exposition heavy. It's, well, it was your mother brought in these protocols. And as you know, your mother built this place from the ground up and it's been like your home. It's like, yeah, she knows because that's her backstory. So you don't have to tell her that. And I always hate that. It's, well, as you know, we did all this. and Yeah, I know. I was there. It's fine. You don't have to tell me. So, But we as the audience need to find out. And unfortunately, that's the crutch that writers fall back on all the time, where they just have characters yeah. talk about things that they both already know in order to catch the audience up and there's better ways of doing that and they didn't go with the better way of doing that unfortunately in this case but she made a strong impression she's clearly capable she's quite personable she has a history with 
alien invasions and weird stuff because we saw her in Captain Marvel as a child and she was involved in all that and her mother probably got her involved in other stuff that went on over the decades and don't know if S.W.O.R.D. is an offshoot of S.H.I.E.L.D. probably is. Maybe Nick Fury was involved in the creation in some way and thought and gave it to Maria to run it. We don't know. I imagine we'll find out. So, yeah, she was a good start. And I look forward to seeing how she factors in in more detail as time goes on, because we're going to see her in Captain Marvel 2 and other things. But I really wish they hadn't told us who she was in the marketing, because that would have been a really good reveal. Because Mm. when she introduced herself as Geraldine, I was like, nah, it's not Geraldine, that's Maria Rambeau. I wonder why she's called Geraldine. And then you get to this episode and then it does that. I think it would have been really good to start this episode not knowing who she was. But I guess the marketing machine has to prompt that she'll be in Captain Marvel 2 and she's also in WandaVision. So I feel like they should have let the reveals happen naturally. Also with with, uh, Monica, we also get to spend a bit of time with uh, James E. Wu as well. Now I I will I will admit, and this is going to get me knocked off the podcast. Um, <laughs> You're the host. Um, we can't do that. Yeah, I know. There's going to be. Well, this, the thing is, this is what I'm worried about because there's three of us now. That means, effectively, there can be a mutiny. So, <laughs> um, is that I, I mentioned Craig on the first episode that I got a bit of Marvel fatigue around Ant Man, so I hadn't seen Ant Man or Ant Man and the Wasp, so I, I was unaware of who this guy was. <laughs> Uh, James Wu. So it's obviously after late, late later on that I've I've actually realised who that was. Um, my, my partner remembered um, because she's watched those two episodes, those two films. And I think for me, it's not a case of me not wanting to watch them. It's just the fact that I've always gone, oh, I need to watch Ant Man at some point, and I never get round to watching it. So I'm not going to watch Ant Man and the Wasp because I need to watch the first one. Um, so yeah, so I, I wasn't aware of him. But what did Luke? What did he make to the um, the kind of the, the the play between both James and Monica. I think it's just Jimmy. He goes by Jimmy. Jimmy. Yeah, Jimmy. Jimmy. Jimmy, Jimmy Woo. A Jimmy little Woo. Jimmy Woo that he wants. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, I really like their interplay. Um, again, it's a very, it's, it, you know, they've got a very short amount of screen time to establish this little kind of relationship. Um but I really enjoy, it. and I really enjoyed that moment on the road when, when you know, where they were, uh, when he he was talking about. Um, you know, the town doesn't want me to approach it. And, and they had this kind of, you know, they had a small kind of connection together at that moment and, and wanting to solve this, this mystery that, 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 you know, that they had. And I, I, I just about remember that he was in that man and wasp. Um, but I do remember, I do remember when, when, when he flicks out the card and does the little kind of, uh, magic trick with the card, <laughs> that that's a running gag in that man of wasp. So, so I remember that. So that was, that was a nice little thing, but I like Monica. Um, and just to go back to, 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 to when she returns to work, I think the fact that, and, and touch on your point, Kurt, about mental health, the fact that she goes back to work after three weeks is very much a testament to her character and kind of gives her that, that kind of hero quality, um, that, that she, that she will probably have in the, in the upcoming Marvel, uh, Captain Marvel. Or Miss Gaiden went back too soon. One or the other. We shall. We shall say. Well, you know, she she goes. She goes back to work three weeks later, and within three weeks, she's in a TV sitcom, not knowing who she is. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's just the norm these days. That's just this is the world we live yeah. in. <laughs> yeah. I was gone for five years, and now I'm just I'm in a different reality. Whoa, what's happened there? Luke's been blipped. Yeah. <laughs> Luke's been blipped. Here he is. Luke's been blipped. He's back again. So, Luke, it's been five years. Uh, I've got a few things to catch you up on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, what did he make to um, Loki season six? <laughs> Craig. Well, what are we on? Uh, Spider-Man eight now, are we? With Sony? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's Miles Morales now, so that's all good. There's, there's been, um, the Gwendolyn's been having yeah. her there four episodes, <laughs> so she's done all right. Um, so, yeah, so we're all good. <laughs> all good. Um, anyway, so where were we? <laughs> five um, years ago where, Monica where, where and about, Wu were we? yeah. Monica and Wu oh yeah them people yeah, I remember okay, them yeah. wait till you see what happens to them <laughs> in the next five years from your perspective I'm not I can't I don't have the heart to tell him did Monica and Wu have little woos <laughs> is all I want to know or perhaps Darcy and Wu you don't know <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that, that that was a triangle that lasted too long <laughs> um, 
Speaking of Darcy, speaking of Darcy, Craig, um, Darcy's back as well. She's, um, I did recognise Darcy straight away. To be fair, um, you know, so she's a, she's a memorable character. Um, now, her obviously, again, you mentioned Wu um, is um, she has quite a good interplay. She's got that jovial attitude. She breaks the rules within the first like twenty seconds, which helps to identify what type of character she is. Um, and you know she's got a pivotal role in this. What did you make to to her role in the in the first twenty four hours before obviously realizing uh, while realizing what the uh, the long wave transmissions were? So I liked Darcy in this episode, which interested me greatly because I didn't like her in the Thor movies. She really irritated me in those movies, just running around screaming stuff and saying weird things and just making a joke every five seconds. And it was really irritating in the Thor movies. But I think she was really well placed here. Her sassy personality still existed and yeah. uh, and her ability to comment on everything still existed but she was much more grown up and mature I think so I think they framed her comedy role in a slightly different way that really worked for me and the fact is she, she has expertise that drives a plot forward as does Jimmy yeah. so whenever you got a reveal they would react to it and it would keep it coming back to character every time and that's why I wasn't bothered by the exposition later on because everything that was revealed came back to character. What do we think of this? What are we doing about this? What comes next? It's what they think about it. And they're sitting there watching the sitcom. Darcy's like, I'm invested in what's going on. And I really like the fact that essentially Marvel knowing their audience by having two characters watching a Marvel TV show, mining it for plot details. Because they know their audience. They know that's what we're doing. You mentioned the whiteboard earlier. We've all been doing that in some form, just taking a note of the questions that we have and what answered. So, yeah, they they get us. They really get us. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You mentioned, Luke, about the um, the whiteboard and stuff. I mean, it's like it was was just glaringly obvious. You're looking at going... Yep, that's Meta. That's us. That's the audience. <laughs> is that's Vision TV dead? Show. Yes, we've asked that question. <laughs> <laughs> What's really interesting is, is, that, is that that whiteboard scene would not have worked if this had dropped as a whole season. It's only working because we've got this lovely weekly format and that we're allowed to have these theories and questions yeah. brew over, over a week. And I don't think that scene or this episode really as a whole would have worked as well if, if, if it had dropped as a whole series. Yeah, we're going to find yeah. out in half an hour anyway, so why are we bothering with this? Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned Vision Dead. I think um, we'll talk about that because it's um, it's an interesting question. It's a great reveal, a great kind of, um, you know, mm. jump horror moment that, you know, is what was totally unexpected. Now, do you believe that's a reanimated corpse or do you believe it's a figment of an imagination? That's That's a question that's been opened up. It's, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good question, and I, I honestly don't know at this point, and I think, I think it's a question that might linger for quite a while, to be honest. What, what I do find interesting is Paul Bettany's performance in those last, in those last few minutes, particularly at the end when, when she's like, oh, let's go and see what's on TV, and his look is, is, is either concern or worry or he's uneasy about her in some way. So... Whether he's a reanimated corpse or a figment of her imagination, her hold on that, her 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 grip on that creation is slipping because he's starting to see things that maybe that 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 creation shouldn't be seeing or noticing. So I found that really really interesting. When he flips back to immediately just, you know, he just mm. smiles and gets on with it as well. It's like that moment of concern yeah. just is fleeting and. Yeah, it's it's really weird, and I think Elizabeth Olsen was really sinister in those, well, her only scenes in the episode, really, her only new scenes in the episode. She's like, you don't belong here, get out, and throws her out, and then, don't worry, I've got everything under control. It's like, ugh. It's quite chilly. Yeah. Yeah. Is Vision trapped in an abusive relationship? You know, or is that, like, the metaphor they're going for here? Yeah, it could well, could well be, actually. (laughs) I mean, I think that Elizabeth Olsen, over the last... Yeah, three or four years has totally grown on me. Um, you know, even to the point where I wanted to be my new day in a scully, but that's another story. Um, but um, but the the thing about Vision as well is that you, you mentioned about his character. Um, now he's dead. Darcy mm. clearly says, "But he's dead." Yeah, <laughs> in, in, a, in, a, in a TV world of what we're saying, but Vision's dead. Um, so the fact that he is having these slips in in that. It, 
It could take it a number of different ways, i.e. like it could be the fact that, you know, Scarlet Witch is obviously trying to maintain it, but is slipping because she's thinking what he would feel. Or do you feel there's something else at play here? Or could there be something else at play where, you know, there is some kind of consciousness thing going on? Because, you know, if it is a figment of the imagination or reanimated corpse, he is still dead. Is there a way around that is is the question, I think, Craig? Well, he's a machine, isn't he? So in theory, they could just find a way to reactivate him. We don't know that the Mind Stone was everything he needed to be running. So Mm. if they could find some way to bypass that, they were trying to do that anyway. They were trying to remove the Mind Stone from him during the events of Infinity War. So it is possible. Sure, he was in the middle of doing that. She probably won't be back to do that anytime soon, considering her behaviour on social media, but we won't really talk about that. But she was doing that. She was cutting out the Mind Stone, severing all the connections, and Bruce Banner certainly thought, this is possible, and maybe once we remove the Mind Stone, another personality or a shift in personality will assert itself, and it could be better. We don't know. But we need to get rid of this thing because... Thanos wants it, and we can't have a, a guy wandering around with it in his head. So I don't think it's impossible that we could just reactivate him in some way. And maybe that's what's happened, but he still has a big hole in his skull, which is unfortunate. I, I can't remember which character it was, but but it, one of them said that it would be possible for for Vision to be uh, a sentient being without the Mind Stone, because he has... He has a bit of Tony Stark in him. He has a bit of Jarvis. He has a bit of yeah. of, of this and that. So he can. That was Banner that said Banner, that. Yeah. So he can survive yeah. outside of the of the grasp of the Mind Stone. So whether that has anything to do with this in some kind of tangent form, I don't know. It'd be interesting though. Yeah, it would be interesting to see how, you know if if that's played with or not. Um, you know, moving forward, it could well be that we we do get something that's played on. So we'll, we'll we'll certainly we'll certainly see that. Um, yeah. So so Dar- Darcy's obviously like develops the, the, the obviously the TV show and, and whatever it's taken on quite well. What I did quite like was the the uh, this idea that um, you know these seasons isn't just what we're seeing because we'll see in episodes like in Geraldine yeah. and things like that where it, there's footage that we haven't seen. So I quite like that that thought actually, and uh, <laughs> you know that's what I want. <laughs> Um, well, we're only seeing uh, the important stuff. So, we're, yeah. we're seeing the important so there's stuff, yeah. episode upon episode of the 60s or 70s era stuff that we didn't see. And I guess maybe they, they manifest in like 20 minute chunks that they're watching. So we're almost watching it kind of in real time. But we only see the episodes where... Th- it is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli. I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Things go a bit weird. And yeah, that's fine. And I, I wouldn't want to watch a whole season of the Dick Van Dyke show, but starring Wanda and Vision because the sitcom humour would yeah. grate on me very quickly. So I think they've done enough just to get the point across. But the idea, yeah, that this is a world that's playing out and we still don't know why the decades are moving forward because we, they haven't told us. And Darcy's like, it can't just be for my amusement. So maybe it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe it's all for Darcy because we do get this um, this idea that there's something. I mean, you, you notice that I'm skirting around some things, but we get the issue that um, that there's somebody that might be censoring it. Look, I mean, what what was it? What were your reaction to that? Those kind of little edits, call them, you know, a, a, a sharp edit on these programs. But it was interesting that how some things have slipped through. So, like. Like the dinner table scene where, you know, where it was like, stop it, stop it, stop it. That got through and, and you know, and, and, and broadcast along with, um, with Geraldine stroke Monica, um, 
mentioning Ultron, that also got through. So if if it's if it's Wonder who is editing or censoring what's what's being broadcast out there, then it's further evidence that her hold is 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 slipping and fracturing because these little bits are actually getting out there. If it's tied to her emotional state as well, that makes sense because she'd be distracted yeah. by the mention of Ultron, so she wouldn't think to make that edit. Or she's distracted by the the boss's wife, um, you know, pushing at her for an answer. So yeah, yeah, that makes sense. It, and, and I've always said that her powers are tied to her emotional state, which means that if she has created this world, then her control over it is tied to her emotional state as well. And the more she notices these little blips, like the yeah. helicopter and the beekeeper, the more she notices them, the more emotional she gets. And and I think there's this yeah. deep, deep rage that inside her, which which goes back to Endgame, that is slowly, I think, slowly starting to unravel and consume her, which is why she's getting more and more emotionally unstable. Therefore, her world is getting more unstable. Yeah, I mean, talking about the beekeeper, this is the, where it, certain elements for me, I was, I, I understood that, you know, you get the helicopter, the helicopter reveal is like, oh, right, that drone is going to eventually look like that helicopter that, yeah. that Wanda's seen. Um, but f- this is just a purely personal thing for me that I, th- I I had enough of seeing that within mm. quite a short period of time. Like seeing the the long beekeeper scene was like, that was irrelevant to me. It was like, well, I know that's going to be this or, you know, the, the helicopter scene has already done it for me. The fact that it's a fo- photograph and we see the photograph and hand it to um, the FBI agent and looks at it and goes, right, well, that's our redesigned helicopter. How's that worked? Um, that some of the some of the answers didn't need for me personally didn't need to be answered because they were answered in the wider scope of things. It just felt like it was a right. I'm going to explain the helicopter, the beekeeper, the such and such, the such and such. I'm going to get them done, and we'll move on to these other things. So I'd like to have left a couple of them, even if it was a point where that beekeeper scene where you because when you saw him going down the the um, the drain, it was instantly ah oh, right. Yeah, okay, it's going to change. It's going to look more like a beekeeper. Even if they got through to the through to the barrier and you started to see him change, I, that would have been enough for me. I didn't need to see the rest of the other two or three minutes. The, the production design. I liked Jimmy's comment yeah. on that. Maybe it's the production design. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that that that's for me. It was just like when when it was going through motions like that. I was like, I'm not interested in this. It's like, you've answered it, you don't need to. One of the big questions I now have is, so Geraldine, as she's known in the sitcom world, became Geraldine when she entered. As far as we know, the Monica Rambo persona drifted away, and that's the impression we're getting from the other people that lived in Westview before it was changed. We're getting the impression that they're, they've been altered, and they're aware of that on some level, but for the most part, they play their parts. And you'll notice that uh, Dottie and Agnes were conspicuously uncast mm. in those those, those uh, facial recognition searches that they were doing. But one thing that I'm really wondering is, is, is that guy now just believing he's a beekeeper and he's run off and he's now just keeping bees somewhere in Westview? Well, didn't she reverse that, though, didn't she? Maybe. She reversed and kind of cut it out. Uh, well, she rewound it, but that, that, I think that was more so that she would just ignore it. Because he'd, he'd still be there because it's censored, isn't it? Yeah. So if, if she's rewound the tape um, before she could realise, she could, well, whether or not it's Wanda or not, but whoever is doing it had realised he can actually cut it rather than rather than rewind it. Because yeah. All that came back was, was the skipping rope, or the, you know, yeah. the, the line that turned into a skipping rope, which I thought was a fun yeah. detail. Yeah, that was nice. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, w- I probably would have liked to have seen that that set that uh, thing because it's just how bright and how contrasty they made it. Because yeah. obviously the the color palette they use on the the real world is quite a dark and blue kind yeah. of kind of filter. Yeah, it yeah. looks like a Marvel so, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then but then you've got like the the trailing cable being this like multicolored rainbow. It was a look on the faces as it came out as well. It's like, what the hell is this? <laughs> what is going on here? So just that the just talk about the interplay as well because um, I want to say I want to say Wanda. Wanda, because I keep saying it. <laughs> I keep saying it, I can't help it. Uh, so that was a nice reveal, and I, I like the way that they kind of, kind of instilled that, because it was, the, again, going back to the episodes thing, that they were talking about, oh, well, this week, they always go to the radio. There's always a scene like this. You know, you could say, like, Star Trek Next Generation, for example, they always go to 10 Forward. Yeah. You know you know what I mean? Mm. They, or they always go to um, the 
the observation lounge or, or whatever it may well be, um, and the ready room or whatever. So you, you know at a certain point in the sitcom that they're going to be at Central Perk, for example. Um, and this one, it was like, oh, she's not gone there. She's gone somewhere new. There's a new set. Uh, and I did like that. I did like the the fact that they were mm. intimating there was more episodes and the fact that they had to change change tack. And it, well, I thought that worked really well, Craig. I don't know about you. Yeah. It's the the recognition of the formula. She's near the radio yeah. whenever she's washing the dishes, which seems to happen about once an episode. <laughs> and there's, oh, look, there's the radio because she takes it to that party or that meeting or whatever it was. It was a meeting, wasn't it, about the talent show and... Yeah. yeah, so she took the radio there for whatever reason. And then, oh, yeah, we'll do that now. Because what better time to address her on the radio than when there's some random standing near her? <laughs> you know, that's, um, and that's, yeah, it's just interesting stuff. I think the the way they're recognizing the formula. And I like the fact that there is that self contained bubble of a sitcom that they're viewing from the outside. I think that's a really nice touch. And it basically ruins all the theories we had. Oh, our sword, this kind of, villainous organization it's like nope they're just looking into it <laughs> they are shit yeah, they're yeah. not bad or good yeah. they're well they're not bad anyway they're just looking into it yeah so so they're obviously just responding out there response team observation and response which was yeah. a nice little touch because of because of that um luke and um the um the fact that they, they were going for a missing person whether or not that comes back at all because you, you mentioned agnes and um dotty not being in the cast, but the missing person is is the way to get us into the episode. And I know that obviously on our X cast basement that um, was brought up, that it was kind of an X file feel to that that beginning part. Um, and I can see why being you know going out to an out town, then the, the obviously the residents don't know that or they're saying there isn't a Westview, which was in itself is creating that eerie. While standing next to the out. sign that says Westview. While standing next to it, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, and they're saying, well, there's no one there, but there's this, this missing person. We never get referred to who that missing person is, and we never get, um, obviously, as you say, Agnes and um, and Dottie as well. So what, what do you think that the missing person thing will, will come back at some point? I'm hoping because it really annoyed me that I didn't know who the missing person was. And they kept talking about him. So I was like, who's him? Who is this guy? Um, so I really hope they, they kind of revisit that. And, I'm, uh, and maybe it has something to do with, you know, with... Um, with someone either within the the one as reality or as you said because because Agnes and um who's the other one sorry Dottie yeah Dottie uh, were not in the cast there you know there's still room to basically say there is there is maybe some other organization that is is either behind or is uh you know helping or has a hold over Wonders reality so so even though we've had a lot of re- lot of questions answered and reveals i think we've got a lot of questions as well you know going forward for the next four or five yeah uh episodes and i would have really hated it if episode nine we get 10 minutes in and it's like here's all the answers right now we're just going to tell you <laughs> everything i really would have hated that because that is just needless exposition but it feels like there's a real purpose to this mystery so we're on episode four now here's a few answers but there's also a few more questions because Sword's presence invites more questions. So we've still got more of these and we've given you a few more things to think about. And then we'll probably go a couple of weeks and then we'll give you a bit more information. And by the end, hopefully it'll all make sense. And the whole, I mean, the whole thing with the CM, the, the, the cosmic microwave background radiation thing, all that stuff felt very fringy more than, more than X-Files. Um, Cause, and I love the way that they, that they kind of explained, you know, that the, 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 the cosmic microwave background radiation is basically a waste product of of the formation of energy um and the fact that that one has put this broadcast in this kind of waste product uh, is very interesting because you know basically the cmbr is 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 the creation of of reality of 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 atoms and time so the fact that she's got this alternate reality sat in this waste product i found very intriguing and it and it kind of fits with all the the pseudoscience fantastical elements of marvel yeah yeah, yeah, and I think the um, I think by by pure coincidence that we invited Luke, who's into his science and into Fringe, <laughs> onto this episode. Um, <laughs> what about what coincidence that is? Yeah, very weird. I did think that when I was watching. It, I was like, ah, one of them like have premonitions or something. It's all about agents of Shield as well, because they would constantly refer to all this yeah. kind of mumble jumble as they were discussing whatever. Yeah, like, we've detected all this stuff. Like Simmons or Fitz would. Fitz and Simmons, they would send in their drones that are named after the Seven Dwarves, and it's like, Smelly has detected this, or, well, it's not Smelly, but, you know, 
sleepy or bashful or whatever. They've detected the spell. Where did I get that from? The eighth dwarf. (laughs) It's the one we don't talk about. That's for obvious reasons. (laughs) (laughs) We've said that the drones have detected this, or I sent them a drone and it turned into a remote control car or something. You know, it's like, um, I would have, I would actually really like this to be an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. crossover. You get that team in, you get Coulson and the guys in to look into this. And I think if it had been made a few years ago before they killed, in inverted commas, Coulson, you would have got that, probably. He would have been taking the lead on this outside thing. And there's no reason he still yeah. couldn't. And I don't know if you guys have seen the last season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but there is a Coulson out there, and maybe he's in this universe, maybe he isn't, but... I just want Colton back. I want the guys from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. back. And this was a chance to do it, and you didn't do it. Why? Oh, man. <laughs> that's a, that's, a, that's a point two five off the mark then, isn't it? Really? Yeah. It would be great, though, wouldn't it, if we had this alternate Colson kind of dipping in and out of the TV series and films like he did, you know, in, in, in phase one, yeah. as he linked all these films together. It'd be, it'd be quite funny to have, I mean, not necessarily Colson, but having a character do that and nip in and out of all these films and TV series just to give that extra connectivity. Yeah, I mean, well. you might, you might still fun. get that. Could be that yeah. Monica's that connective tissue or whatever. We don't know. We don't know who's designed to turn up in other stuff. But yeah, I would just love the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. guys back. Let's get Fitz and Simmons. Let's get Daisy. Let's get Coulson. Let's get everyone. Just do this and then put Darcy and Jimmy in there. It'd be a great collection of characters. Mm. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing as well, isn't it? Because Wonder, Wonder and Vision uh, were not necessarily sidetracked in the movies, but they weren't given... Too much, inf- too much stuff. They're not the focus. Given- they never were going to be in yeah. the movies. Yeah, um, they've got the they've got the focus here, but it's also given the secondary characters that have been in various films uh, a chance to uh, to play out a little bit. And I, I think that the fact that you've got likes of um, Darcy and uh, and Jimmy in in here and Monica and, and stuff like that because Monica uh, and they're all going to have their own little things that they're going to do. But to bring them into a little group like this, which isn't like. You know, it's the cast of Agents of Seal kind of thing. Um, you know, but it's just like just within that movie universe. It just again, it's that interconnectivity. And I think that this episode, I can imagine a bit on the. I didn't I haven't looked too much on social media, but I can imagine this episode having uh, rave people people being raving about it because it'll be you know it's interconnected with the universe as a whole. This is what I want. Yeah, kind of thing. All the big Jimmy uh, Woo fans finally get to see him again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See that card yeah. trick yeah. again. The, the, the thing is, like, it doesn't matter whether it's him or not as well, which is what I really like. Because if you haven't seen Ant Man and the Wasp, he's just an FBI agent who yeah. Yeah. seems a bit pathetic in some ways because he's constantly putting himself down. It's well, they must be missing you at Quantico. Or stop asking such obvious questions. He's like, nah, the softball season's over, so they don't need me there anymore. And that is that kind of oh, he's, he's clearly not appreciated in his time, but he's actually very good at what he does, even though people dismiss him and i really like the fact that he keeps reinforcing darcy as well good work or well yeah. it was worth a try it was a good idea it's, he keeps doing that and i really like that kind of personal approach that he has it's this is a nice guy and he recognizes when people do good work and it's probably because he doesn't get recognized as well he makes sure that other people that are and yeah. darcy is dismissed as well because she's asked questions she's just like i don't know i don't know i don't know and it's like well find us some answers and he's just like good work anyway You've got us this far. She never got a coffee either. Yeah. (laughs) She never got a coffee and she dropped her pot noodle. So, you know. She got a bag of crisps though, so... That, that, that that was fun. That was fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, yeah. I can imagine it. Yeah, yeah. Just, I just want. There you go. Just a crisp. It's like, oh, you took a chip. I'll take a chip. It's that kind of social connection that they they forge, and it's like we're sitting here eating yeah. crisps, watching TV, and that's that's yeah. almost the purest social connection you can have. But yeah. And that's all. That's the only connection we can have at the moment. Um, so yeah. So that that brings the episode to a close. Is there anything, Luke, that I might have missed that you want to bring up? I just uh, I just wanted to mention the hexagonal shape that they mentioned quite a few times. I'd, I'd quite like to get a bit of an answer to that at at some point because I hope there's yeah. you know the, 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 they mentioned it enough time and put it on the whiteboard that it, that it has to have some kind of significance. It will do. Yeah, I'd actually kind of yeah. not noticed that before. Are you struggling to lose weight and keep it off? Tired of wasting time and money on starvation diets that lead to more frustration and stress? If there was a weight loss solution that could actually work for you, would you try it? Then head to golo.com. I'm Steve. I lost 138 pounds in nine months on Golo. I'm Amber. I've lost 128 pounds with Golo taking release. If you're ready to take back control of your life, head to golo.com now and see how Golo can work for you. That's G-O-L-O.com. My sleep is way better. My inflammation has gone way down. 
Golo saved my life. I was way overweight. That's what sent me down the path. I wanted to make sure and live for my kid. I have literally tried everything. I was on the verge of getting gastric bypass surgery, and I saw the Golo commercial, and it was the last thing I tried because it worked. Join over 2 million people who have found a better way to lose weight with Golo. Your healthier and happier life begins at Golo.com. That's G-O-L-O.com. Again, G-O-L-O.com. But... Yeah, I guess it's a question. Yeah, I suppose it's um, you can hex somebody being a witch, can't you? Yeah, it could be that, yeah. It could be some kind of occult symbol that, or a symbol yeah. that leads into the occult. We don't know. When Agnes turns out to be a witch that is in charge of this reality somehow, we'll find out more about that. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be interesting as well. What do you think, um, Luke, what do you think is going to happen now with the fact that we've got knowledge of this um, and... Going probably go probably because we don't know going back to the kind of sitcom aspect you know moving into the eighty well we know it's looking like we the definitely 80s. are because we see we still yeah. haven't seen them in their comic book costumes yes mm. yeah yeah I think the focus will be a little bit more on Wonder trying to keep a hold of this reality I mean it's kind of been hinted at in in the in the first episodes but I think the emphasis on that's going to be a, a little bit heavier now that we know some answers that you know and and that that uh, the outside world knows about this, I think, and I think, and now she knows that there's been some infiltration into her reality. Yeah. I think there might be a bit more emphasis on her trying to keep hold, her unraveling even more with her emotions. So I think, I think, I think we're going to see more madness, uh, kind of going forward. I wonder if they'll structure it in such a way that we'll get a bit of the sitcom stuff, and they'll cut to them reacting to stuff outside it more now that they've established this external setting which i think will be good i think it will appease the people that have been like well this has not been great so far it's been very slow they haven't told us anything but if they cut them back and forth or maybe we'll have another two episodes and we'll have another uh, sword episode or i don't know if we don't get the 90s episode where the guy that looks like ross isn't ross (laughs) or some form of ross yeah, they're going to lampoon Friends. It's going to happen. They can't. Yeah, you, know, you can't say yeah. we're making fun of sitcoms or we're referencing sitcoms and not get to Friends. It's, it's the '90s one that doesn't seem to have been mentioned though, because the '90s one looks like uh, I won't spoil it for anyone who, who might not. Have, I don't know if you've seen it, Craig. No. But, um, the '90s one is is quite a, a well known sitcom, and it's like all right, okay. But the '90s one hasn't really been touched upon, and that, and that makes me think there's something big within that because or, or not that I've seen anyway and if it is lampooning friends and he's a like a Ross character <laughs> I'll be I'll be I'll be happy <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll soon find out but yeah we will yeah hopefully in two episodes time we'll see but um so yeah uh, the only other thing I'd say is that again using film techniques it went from 4.3 to to full widescreen um when we actually got to see one day and it was full widescreen within the town of Westview yeah. View as well which was nice I thought that was a nice touch. And then Voodoo Child at the end as well, which was yeah. nice to listen to for a while. <laughs> kind of touching upon what what we talked about at the top of the hour, that, you know, is this all revealed too soon? And and I think you uh, touched upon it, Craig, where I, I think contemporary audiences watching a Mystery Box TV show, uh, especially the younger viewers, would probably want this reveal now. Whereas I think, you know, us older people, not to kind of you know, remind people of it, but <laughs> but we 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 were watching way back then uh, twenty two twenty six episode mystery box TV shows like Lost, um, which was a very very slow drip. So maybe in some ways we think it might be a bit too early for them to do this episode. Um, but I also think that that Marvel knows what it's doing and it knows its audience and it knows it's different degrees of audience. So you've got the, the hardcore fans who know all the comics. You've got the casual Marvel viewer who knows it just through the films. Um, so I think they've done a very good job at balancing these different kind of age demographics of, of, of audiences. Um, and I think only time will tell or the next three or four episodes will tell whether this decision to show all this actually worked really. Again, it's, it's, it's a- yeah. I think the timing's perfect, actually, because we're in episode four, so we're approaching the halfway point of the season. We've had three episodes of questions and little teases and things that point you in different directions, but without giving you any real answers. So they're starting to give you that now. 
is good. Yeah. It'd be different if they just answered everything and then suddenly we turn into just an, another action-based MCU property, which, yeah. you know, might be fine, but it's not what this show is advertising. It's not what this show was... It's not what was promised to me when I started this show. So episode four, give us some answers. Sure, fine. And then after the next episode, we're at the halfway point. So I think at the end of that halfway point, we're going to get... um something big there'll be some big event that that changes things massively because th- that's what happens it's we're yeah it's at the end of well the the first three episodes is essentially act one because you've got nine episodes so you've got a three act structure there already yeah or at least an implied one so we're at the end of act one at the end of the third episode the start of act two we start to get the answers to some questions and then at the end of act two it'll be putting things in place for the finale which will be Act 3, and that'll be the final thing. It's, it's interesting as well that the time started to creep up as well, because this was about a 35-minute episode. Um, so if... if It was like 32 less credits, though. I mean, the, the credits well, are ridiculous. Well, <laughs> well yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm waiting for them to go back to the old good old olden days where the credits start at the beginning. That will really annoy people. <laughs> you have to sit through 10 minutes um, of credits before the film starts. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, okay, right. Okay. <laughs> um, but uh, I think you, you, you could, if for argument's sake, we do get an 80s episode next, 90s and a noughties, and then you've got two episodes left, and these two episodes are going to be like an hour each, and they can become a bit more MCU, massive, like, you know, set pieces and CGI and whatever. Um, whether or not there's going to be a, a nemesis or not, or is Wanda herself going to be the nemesis? There's there's all these questions that need to be asked and uh, and hopefully answered. Um, going back to your point about the um, about the answers and the thing, I, I do think it's the right timing for this TV show to do it. Again, I'm not dissing this episode by any stretch of the imagination. I'm just not a person who like needs everything spelt out, and it felt like the majority of the the um, the answers that we got from some of the questions we already had have been answered. It's like, well, you've answered that question. You've answered that question. I've answered that question. I didn't necessarily need that. I just needed like a general, this is what's happening. Um, and let me wonder how that, how that all came together would have been nicer for me. But, um, but as I say, take going back to the beginning again, take it, take away all of that. I still rate this as an eight out of 10. You know, it's, it's been a class episode um, season so far of four episodes. I think the, the next five, if, if they go by this standard, It'll be an amazing, amazing season season of TV, really, and I think that's really good. Um, yeah, so that calls it to the end. Luke, thank you very much for coming on to the show. Absolute pleasure. It's been marvellous to have you. I'll see you over <laughs> there, over in your Fringe podcast, or um, maybe over in Star Trek Picard land as well, maybe over in the uh, prime timeline over in Star Trek, maybe over the X-Files, and maybe everywhere else that I can find you. <laughs> um, but, but if people... Are, I get are, about... <laughs> I'm, I'm, well, yeah, I think I think we, we just circle all the podcasts pretty much. Yeah. Um, but Luke, where can people find you if they're wanting some more of Luke, whether that be Fringe, X-Files, you know, Star Trek, the lot, where can people find you? Yeah, so the Fringe podcast is called Observing the Pattern. Uh, you can find that on Twitter at the OTP podcast. Uh, we are on uh, all usual podcast platforms we are on a break at the minute and a recording of season three will begin uh pretty soon actually and we're looking for an april uh launch for season three there uh you can also find me at make it so which is the star trek picard podcast and that is on twitter at jean-luc podard uh you can also find the uh, lower decks um podcast feed on that twitter feed as well that's also on a break for obvious reasons because second season hasn't landed yet but uh but me and craig will be on that uh again really enjoyed yeah. uh t- season one of that so that was good and, and then personally the U- and it's in the uk now yeah finally. Well. finally it is yeah it is in the uk finally for the five people that didn't watch it to watch it yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> you see see an up, up an uptick in your viewing and your listener figures just of five people because that's only <laughs> yeah. five i haven't seen <laughs> Yeah, I'm hoping the second season they might actually uh, sink it a bit better this time, but who, who knows? About the planet, I think. I think it was all over the place in terms of, yeah, we we have to make some plans now. We're going to do Discovery first, but can't now and that kind of stuff. Uh, and then you can find me personally on Twitter at Luke underscore Winch. Uh, I'm generally just talking geek stuff or science. So there you go. Excellent. 
Craig, where can people find you on that there internet? Sure. Well, you can find me here because I'm already here. Uh, the <laughs> rarely going Lord X podcast. Um, yeah, you can find me there, but that's been off for a while. So, uh, yeah, it's just here on this network. I think that read the reviews. Please do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, social media, Facebook and Twitter under Neil Before Blog. Type that in. You'll find it. It's just at Neil Before Blog on Twitter. Uh, personally on Twitter, I'm under Nemesis4909, which I'm now legally obliged to say didn't start as a Star Trek reference. It started as a Resident Evil reference, then it became a Star Trek reference. So it was all fate. So that's where you can find me. Much like Luke on this podcast. It was all fate. It was all fate. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at rmoldrake. You can also find me, as uh, Luke alluded to, on um, Jean-Luc Poddard um, on the Star Trek Make It So podcast. Um, I'm on the Red Dwarf podcast, and the Red Dwarf is um, getting in my way, the sitcom that gets in my way uh, for next week, <laughs> because uh, Red Dwarf are doing a, a virtual event next week, next weekend. So I won't be here next week. Craig, you'll be here with a guest, yes. And uh, we'll, we shall we shall talk about you. So talk about that. So I'll be a listener next week. So that'll be good to to listen to see what happens in the in the eighties. Um, you can also find me on so on that Red Dwarf one. You can find me at Red Dwarf Pod, which is the uh, Shipwrecks and Comatose Red Dwarf podcast. And you can find me on a multitude of other things, including the Millennium podcast, which is coming to the end of season three. Uh, so we're closing up that that podcast shortly. And you can find that at the Time Is Now Pod, and find me on all multitude of other things as well, which I probably haven't mentioned because there's so many. For argument's sake, looking at my calendar for next couple of weeks, I'm recording around about thirteen to fifteen podcast episodes. <laughs> so I've got, I've got probably on average one podcast recording a day, but some are, some I'm actually recording three in a day. So one of those podcasts is actually an intervention, though it's not a real podcast. It's people are stepping no. in and saying you need to stop this. This is consuming you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've just been I've just been told to expect it on one of them. I just don't know which one it is. <laughs> yeah, that's it. People are going to just step in. You need help. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. Okay. So that brings the the podcast to an end. Well, you'll you'll speak to Craig next week. You'll hear Craig next week. But until next time, remember everyone to stay tuned. Elsewhere, and we made this. The time is now. A millennium podcast. Uh, but no, I mean, I, I, I will say that Rise of the Machines um, also kind of like argues against... Um, Terminator 2, of course. Back to where, where it was. Like Rise of the Machines, like then goes, <laughs> maybe they're both right and shrugs its shoulders. It's like, maybe you can prevent Judgment Day, but only for a little while. And it's like, that's not an argument. Pick a side. Pick a lane. You can either change the past or you can't. None of this wishy-washy. You can change it sometimes, but you can't really change it. So it all balances out. Yeah, no, pick a, pick a damn side. <laughs>don't say the c word on the back of my right arm i have a tattoo of phil collins it's, it's, <laughs> it's the front cover of no jacket required um, <laughs> <laughs> this was the one that i expected you to pick i'll be honest with you because yeah. it is my favorite of your tattoos <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it was a tattoo i got as a joke a lot of my tattoos that I've got, a lot of, well, a lot of everything that I do <laughs> is because it's a joke or if I think something's funny. We Buy Records. Eric Clapton and Van Morrison have released an anti-lockdown song. How do you think about this? Where does this sit on the shitometer? I think it redefines the shitometer. Right. I just, you know, I mean, so I think it's raising money for musicians who are affected by the lockdown and the lack of gigs, etc. Mm-hmm. Which is a good thing. Yep. But then you see Van Morrison and Eric Clapton, a bad thing. So, right. do you know what I mean? I mean, I love, I yeah. love Van Morrison's music. I don't particularly like Eric Clapton's music. I quite like the 60s stuff. But, I, you know, they're a couple of whinging old men, aren't they? Old man babies complaining that they can't go and lick whoever they want. Ooh. I know. But that's what they're singing about, I think. I haven't I haven't checked that. I assume that the lyrics are about... You can take it as read that I haven't heard it. <laughs> no. It's not likely to have a banging donk on it, is it? It's unlikely to have a banging donk. Check out all of these shows and more on the We Made This podcast network. Mm-hmm.